attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hey there. Welcome to another week of Gen D Generation Disney, the podcast by myself and Dana, me, Adam. Uh, me, Dana. You, Dana, talking about all things Disney across the great state of California. Oh, we're so Aww. close. We're so close to being back there. I know. It's so close. By the way, I just thought of like, we sounded like me, Jane, you, Tarzan. <laughs> Just, That's what I was going for the whole time. It was pre-planned. Good. No, good, good. not even close. Non sequitur there, but I just wanted to say it right me at that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, here we are. Another week. Uh, episode six of us yammering on and on. Uh, welcome back. Um, we had quite, I think we both had quite eventful weekends over the last weekend for Mother's Day. Dana, how was your Mother's Day? Oh, mine was so good. I I'll say that we had a terrible Mother's Day last year because it was the start of a global pandemic. We couldn't go anywhere. Uh, my daughter was three and she was just like in a bad mood that day. So I told Ryan, I was like, you have a lot to go for this one. You have to really like up the ante. And he did. We went to we live in Los Angeles. So we went to Huntington Gardens, which is this beautiful, Ooh. big, gorgeous, you know, landscaped garden out in um, Pasadena. And that was amazing. And then we went out to a gastropub and had a couple beers and burgers. And I loved it. Oh, Ray sang me a song and she made all this kid art from preschool. You know, we got handprints and cute little decorations Aww. that look like flowers and an I love you mom sign. And oh, it melted my heart. Oh, well, I just got dirty oh. diapers all weekend, but it wasn't dad's weekend. So it's fine. Um. We, How about you? What did you guys yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw, finally saw my mom for the first time in over a year. Hashtag thank you, science. Um, so my mom, um, long story short, she's been battling cancer for a long time. She's doing great. Like, it's under control and everything else. But with the pandemic and all that, it was not safe for her to travel from Kansas um, to come see us. So, or for us really to go out there to see her. Um, so mom got both her vaccines and she came out to meet her grandson, meet our little Noah for the first time, which was amazing. Like, honestly, tears down my face when she met him for the first time and started hugging him and kissing up on him. She brought him all kinds of Mickey printed things. She, she is my mother and she knows well. Um, in addition to yet another piece of stuff, Judaica, there's a new addition to the collection. Now it's like. A matzah, like it's like matzah with arms and legs and a face. Uh-huh. So more toys for your nightmares. Um, so she brought. I love that. it, and I demand a photo of this one. <laughs> done, done, done. Um, and so it was. It was really nice. She was here for her birthday, which her birthday is always like a couple days before Mother's Day. So she was here for her birthday. We took her to Alcatraz. So took her to prison for her birthday. Um, oh, fitting, how lovely. You know. <laughs> it's a nice warm day. Um, actually that if you, if you've never been to Alcatraz in Northern California, like go, um, it's an incredible tour. They, it's an audio tour, self-guided, and you're actually listening to the stories from former inmates and former guards in their voices. So they recorded them while most of them were still alive. It's this incredible tour. Um, and it really 
puts you know life into perspective and also tells you don't break the law because you will end up in a cell like that and you don't want to live there. I agree. I've done that tour a couple of times. I think it's one of my favorite like audio guided tours I've ever done. It's really fun to go over there and just look back at San Francisco. You get a great vantage point. But then when you're walking through, it's it's spooky and eerie. Yeah. And you a, a few times go into some of the jail cells and realize like how cold and dank it would be. I think there's one story where they talk about how they could listen to parties over in San yeah. Francisco going on like on New Year's and they're just stuck in these like completely dark prison cells. It's insane. And the crazy story about the three prison inmates who yeah. escape. Yeah. That's so good. They basically made like animatronics of themselves. So maybe they all ended up working for Disney at some point when they got out because they basically <laughs> made animatronic like out of soap, they took giant things of soap and made fake heads and put wigs on them and yeah. put them in the beds to escape, and it worked. I, and they never found them. They never found these guys. That's what's Oh, nuts. they had to have died. I'm sure they didn't make it across the ocean. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they did. We've all seen the movie The Rock. Sean Connery did I it. Have Why not. couldn't they? I've you not haven't seen The Rock. Oh, Dana. No. We need to add that to your list of things. Like, it's Sean Connery and Nick Cage. What more oh, that's do fine. you need? Yeah. That's oh. why. I don't watch Nick Cage movies. I cannot stand Nicolas Cage. Oh, well, you get Nicolas Cage like naked playing a guitar in this one. No, thank you. Don't need that in your life. Uninterested. <laughs> um, anyway, Hard so pass. so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then the really cool thing was I finally got to go to the Walt Disney Family Museum up here in San Francisco. We took my mom. Um, we we really, really, really wanted to be able to surprise her and fly her down to L.A. Uh, and down to Anaheim to go to Disney. But since Disneyland hasn't opened to out of state yet, that wasn't a thing we could do. So we chose the next best thing, which literally, if you were in Northern California, go to this museum. Um, How was it? Oh my gosh, it was so cool. I mean, like it, it was definitely a good Disney fix and also made me want to immediately book us a trip to Disneyland, like not wait till we go at the end of June and go like this weekend. But thankfully, there are not park reservations available on <laughs> Saturday, so that's not happening. Um, money saved. <laughs> but it's so cool because it's, it's not done by the Walt Disney Company. It's put together by his family and by his daughters. And it it's absolutely incredible. So let me let me just walk you through this real quick. I know you've been, but I've got I've got fresh eyes and excitement here. So l- let me just kind of walk you through this, and I'll do my best podcasting way of visually telling you what you're seeing. Um, it's it's unbelievable. You walk in. First of all, they made like you have to know along with everything else in California, there are changes because of COVID. So. Um, you had to buy a time ticket entry. Um, they don't really have day of tickets. It sells out almost every day because people are just like thirsty for Disney. Um, so we went and it was kind of fun. Like I've never been to a museum where everybody was basically wearing their Disney shirts and hats and like acting like they're going to the theme park, but no, you're at a really nice museum in the Presidio. But, um, so we did. We wore our Disneyland masks. I've got that blue like wishes mask with the D on it for Disneyland. Yep. So I wore that. My mom wore a Mickey Mouse mask. Um, we dressed Noah up in a little Mickey outfit to take him. Um, but so we we get in there and the very first room you walk through is like the trophy room. And oh, my Lord, that man won a lot of awards. 
and oh, yeah. I could have spent two hours in there looking at all the awards, and then they have the gigantic case of, you know, just a few of his Academy Awards. I mean, all of them, and it's crazy. They made a special one for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which is so yes. cool. The like, the, it's like seven it, little ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one giant, like, actual Academy Award, and then going down steps are seven little mini <laughs> Academy Awards. So that was That's that so was cool. cool. And then they have his living room from his apartment at Disneyland in there, and the original lamp. Um, from the now, apartment. this is the apartment that's above the fire station yeah. on Main Street, yeah. right? Yeah. So they have the furniture, like some of his living room furniture from in there, and then the original lamp. So the light that's always on is not the original one that he had in there, but, you know, it, the tribute, there's always a light on above the fire station in his apartment for him. And they have the actual light there, which was really cool to see. So um, walk through all that. And then it really just told the entire story of how the Disney's came to the States. Um, they're back from my neck of the woods, living in both Kansas and Missouri. Um, and his time uh, working as a paramedic during the war, his mom like lied about his age on some papers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like 16 or 17, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he could go work as a medic. Um, they had like a replica of the medic truck he drove in the middle of the museum. The museum is just done so well. Like every room is themed to be like a different po- time of his life. They have like, then you go on the journey from his um, Laugh-A-Gram. Was it Laugh-A-Gram? I think the the studio he had in Kansas city that eventually folded and ran out of money. And then he got on a train to move to California and you're like way of you're taking the train. They even decked out the dang elevator to feel like you're on a train car going to California. And then you get off and you're in Hollywood. Um, and it was just, it's so, so neat. And they like the, the wall of all the vintage Mickey's and all the vintage Mickey toys that they have amassed. Like, it, it just to see all that, and I actually, um, one very, very interesting tidbit, uh, was about Oswald, right? So, we mm-hmm. all know Oswald the rabbit, right? Uh, was the like, lucky rabbit, right? The lucky Oswald rabbit, the lucky rabbit, the not so lucky for Walt, but I guess lucky because he lost him. Um, because they they talk about how he lost Oswald, it basically got stolen mm-hmm. out from underneath him, and they have a quote up on the wall, and I'm I should have written this down, I'm sorry. Uh, don't hate me for not remembering this exactly, but it's basically like a toned down version of Walt saying, screw these guys. I'm going to create something better. That's going to blow them out of the water. And that's where we got Mickey mouse. And there he is. Um, And it was his wife, which you all, if you're listening to this, you probably know this. It was his wife who named it Mickey, who suggested Mickey. And he was like, great done. Their create there from there came Walt's best friend. Like he was best friends with this character that he had created, and it was truly his partner through all this. So they walk you through that. They walk you through the creation of Snow White and the like ingenuity that went behind the filmmaking and the like. It's just uh, if you're if you're a complete nerd like we are, you love the history of animation. You love the history of the Walt Disney Company. You love the history of how Mickey came to be. This is it. The museum is just incredible. And then mind blowing. So everybody on Instagram, I posted this week that um, photo of, you know, a different Disneyland. Well, that is surprise, surprise in San Francisco. It is this unbelievable model that I think you could spend hours just staring at like this thing. 
just it's looking incredible. all around it. So you come into this room and it's like the leading up to the creation of Disneyland and you're walking down this beautiful ramp staircase. You feel like you're at Disneyland when you're going through this room and at the bottom of the room is the centerpiece and it is this absolutely amazing uh, model and it the model is not representative of any Disneyland that was ever built. What it is, is it's every piece and idea that Walt had for the park. Like if everything he imagined for it had been built, that's what it would look like. So it was stuff that some stuff up there, like the Haunted Mansion that we talked about the other week that wasn't even built till at way after he had passed. Like that would have uh, that's there because it was his idea. Mm -hmm. He wanted this Haunted Mansion there. Right. Um, they had things like a horse and buggy trail in the back, basically like where galaxy's edge is now. Um, they, it just, you can see where carousel progress was Well, sad because I still wish that was here. Um, it, it just, it's, it, it, I don't even know how to explain it. It's so cool. Like, yeah. I've I mean, Dana, you've seen museum. it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to that museum twice, and I, I went, like, when it first opened, and then I went a few years ago, and it's been incredible both times, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You walk into this room. This diorama that Adam's describing takes up the majority of this pretty large room, so you really kind of see it from the top, a bird's eye perspective, and then you walk down and get to really absorb it. It's so cool. It kind of reminds me – I bet you've done this before, Adam, but – in London, they have at Leavesden Studios, they have the Harry Potter tour that you can yep. take where they oh, film the movies. 100% a bit on that tour. And that, <laughs> I know, we spent like eight hours on that tour because it's also like self-guided. It was um, actually you, my very first trip with my husband to London because my husband's uh-huh. British. I think we've mentioned that. Yeah. Anyway, very first time, like I went, I met him in London after we've been dating for like two months because sure. Um I know, I guess, you know, you know, so uh, we went and I was like the one thing I wanted to do, forget all the history and all this stuff. I was like, take me to the Harry Potter tour. (laughs) And he did. (laughs) It's probably where we got married. But um, that's what I love is it's the same sense of walking down and seeing Hogwarts, which is also like a very large diorama. It's like five, eight feet in size. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this Walt Disney family museum diorama looks like as well. So it it's, is so cool. It's so cool. And the, the person working there, she was so knowledgeable about that model. Like she, she was like just spouting off facts left and right. And you know, we're, we're being those people and taking 8 million photos of this thing. And <laughs> she goes, do she goes crouch down at the end of main street with your phone and zoom in through the castle. And you can see Diane and Walt holding hands through the castle. There's a little model of them in there. Yeah. Oh, that's precious. Yeah. Oh, I it's, love that. It's really cute. And I, it was just so neat to just stare around and look at it and like look at the, and it has lights that light up in bits and places, but like the detail that's on this model, like you honestly, hours could be spent staring at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, I'm so glad you guys had fun. And I'm so glad you had a great time with your mom here. Yeah, my mom. So then you go around the corner from that and they have like an animatronic that normally you can control. And it's a pair. My mom's obsessed with birds. Like 
this is a thing. Like she, like I think she spent more time taking pictures of birds than scenery when she was out here visiting. Um, <laughs> but like then she sees that they have an animatronic parrot that looks like it came from the tiki room, basically. Uh-huh. And during non-COVID times, you can actually control it. Um, oh, cool! But I don't that, remember that. That's awesome. That was obviously shut down. So, needless to say, all that we had a great time with mom. Um, I think we should definitely find somebody who's worked at that museum to interview them about the museum and bring them on the show. Because why not? Like, there's so much history there. Okay, listeners, if you know anybody who's worked at the Walt Disney Family Museum up in San Francisco, let us know. Shoot us an email and we want to get in touch with them. Please, please, please do. So uh, if you're in the Bay Area, you're coming up to visit family, friends, you live here. Seriously, go. It is worth an afternoon. The gift shop. Oh, my God. The gift shop. I can't even with the gift shop. Like, (laughs) because they have stuff there you can't get anywhere else. Um, And just some vintage Mickeys and the books and all the books. Oh, if you're a Golden Books fan for your kids, they have a wall of golden books. So we we I think we bought like 14 different Disney golden books this weekend. So, and we've just been sitting them reading them to Noah at night, like Cinderella and Mary Poppins. And oh, even the one about the leprechaun at Disneyland. The little man of, of yeah. Disneyland. We have the original version here. My mom found it at an antique store like 10 or so years ago and she gave it to me. And then when I had my daughter, I gave it to her. She reads it all the time and she loves it. Oh, that I should show you that next time if you haven't seen it before, Adam. He has his actual house right in front of the um kind of by Indiana Jones. There's a big tree okay, right we have there. To and find there it. is Yeah, I'll send you a picture because I have I have No, no, no. Don't send me it. a picture. Just show oh, me. Show okay. me when we go. I want to see it okay, in I will. person. I will. Now that I've read that book six times to Noah, I want to I want to find this house. It's, it's cute. super cute. It's such a cute story. So, yeah, if you're up in the Bay Area, make your way over there. Go make sure, though, um, for the time being, you can't just walk up and buy tickets. The box office is closed. Go to their website. Just Google Walt Disney Family Museum. Go to their website and you can pre-book your tickets for an arrival time and go and enjoy it. It's it's really a really a special place. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. So that well, said, Adam- there's some news. Oh, yes. There's a lot of news that came out. I am super excited about the first thing I'm going to talk about, which is this is a huge like drum roll. I'm trying the drum roll in the background here. Okay, it didn't really work. (laughs) (laughs) My dog is snorting. She can be our drum roll. Um, Big news. And I am not a cruise ship person. I want to start that right off the gate with saying I don't really love cruises, but I'm going to do this one. So last week, a couple weeks ago, actually, they announced the newest Disney cruise, the fifth cruise ship called the Disney Wish that is going to set sail summer of 2022. And so they kind of did a whole big, very cheesy rigmarole about We were texting about how bad it was. Like, this is the company that shoots like the Mandalorian all in a studio and it makes it look like they're remote and some like alien planet and it looks real. Then they put this out and it's like bad, like 1990s green screen technology. Like they oh. literally put, it's like they put a green sheet up behind somebody at home and told them to stand in front of their zoom camera and read some lines. Like Adam, you know, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> but regardless of their cheesy intro to this, the Disney wish sounds incredible. So I'm going to talk through a few of the things that I took notes of when we were watching the big press release. So I, 
first off, there are already four ships, but this one will be their fifth, definitely their most state-of-the-art. It's going to set sail in 2022, like I mentioned, but it's out of Port Canaveral. So if you're going to Disney World, this is a great time to take a trip. Maybe you go an extra week and do a a week-long cruise and then do a Disney World trip. Yes, please. It'll be right out of there. So here are some of the cool features. I think First off, the staterooms themselves look incredible. They're all themed to different princesses. And there's even a Sleeping Beauty two-story, like, deluxe suite that you can get. Yeah, I saw that. A boatload. I saw that, and I was like, Kurt, yeah, that that one. That one. (laughs) I was like, can we get – we can afford that, right? That's fine. No problem. Yeah. Um, They have – a really cool pool section. So they're going to have this thing called the Aqua Mouse, which on their other, I think it's on the Disney Dream, they have the Aqua Duct, which is very clever. Um, but it's a water slide ride that drops you off into a lazy river. And this is themed to, of course, Mickey Mouse. But it's that new Mickey Mouse shorts that they are very, you know, really pumping and we love. So if you've done Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, it's that same style of animation. I'm kind of curious. Can we talk about that for a second? Like, I'm curious. I'm curious what that's going to be like. Like, and also, are you going to have to wait? And is there going to be like a virtual queue on the boat to ride the water ride? Um, I didn't even think about that. It's going to be like their crowning jewel for all the like activity stuff. So I'm sure it will have a really long line, but it looks incredible. And everybody who's done the aqueduct always says it's really fun. So aqueduct. Do we think there's going to be like video screens? Like they haven't really given away too much, right? Like. No. And I will say everything I'm telling you guys, this is basically everything that they've also posted on the web, but they have given very little detail about how they're accomplishing all of this because I have a lot of questions about it. The other section in the pool that I love is a kid's splash area that's Toy Story themed. And they have a, are you ready for this? A Slidosaurus Rex mini slide. No, they don't. Yeah. Mm. Slidosaurus Rex. I love it. Um, <laughs> For dining, now this is also big. They're going to have, if you've ever done a cruise, you know that you always have the same seats at the same like sit down dining area for dinner. You're usually seated by the same people. For a Disney cruise, they always have three restaurants and you rotate to a different restaurant each night of your stay. So I think that's really cool. It kind of breaks up the monotony. So they have three brand new dining places that you'll go to if you if you go on the Disney Wish. The first one is an old Hollywood themed restaurant called 1923, which any Disney fan would know that 1923 is the year that Walt built his animation studio. You know, you know what that one looked like? When I it was looked, looking at the renderings, it reminded me of Carthay Circle. Oh, so it reminded me of the steakhouse at the Disneyland Hotel. Oh, you know what? Yeah, Steakhouse Fifty Five. Yeah, yeah, same. Like, oh, it really reminded me of that. And I don't know if it was what the waiters and the renderings were wearing, or just the walls and the shape of it and all that. Like, um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Like, as like a paying a little homage to that steakhouse at the Disneyland hotel. I could see that. I think it's probably going to be a blending of those two, to be honest, which I'm all for. Those places are great. Um, and then they have a cinematic dining experience with Marvel Avengers characters. And I don't really know what this means, but it sounds like it's supposed to be like some cool technology on the walls that Marvel characters are going to pop out and that you're kind of like on a mission with them during your meal, which I don't know what that means, but I'm into it. Um, and then the third one is the first ever 
frozen dinner show that they're doing. So this is going to be a full-on performance dinner show, all themed to Frozen. So I'm also all for it. I love Frozen, and I can't wait to see what they do with this. <laughs> is that... Isn't there like one other like super crazy fancy high end restaurant they're putting in there? That because well, I'm my, like yes. Is that so? Coming? They have yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just I'll cut right now. I was ex- we, well, I was excited for that one because I was like, where can we ditch the kids so we can go have a really nice meal? <laughs> well, and you can ditch the kids. So I'll talk about the kids clubs next. So they have this really great kids. I think this is honestly something that excites me the most as an adult taking a kid on a Disney cruise is that they have these incredible kids clubs that are fully catered to specific age ranges and they break them up really nicely. So they have like three fully designed kids clubs for kids ages three to 12. The first one is a Marvel Avengers uh, character kind of world where the kids can make their own super suits and test them against villains virtually. Can we go do that though? No. And that's what, kind of irritates me. I'm like, I want to do all this stuff. Um, The next one, you're going to be really sad about this one, is the Imagineering Lab. And I actually think this one adults can go into with their kids. Um, This is the Imagineering Lab, and this is where you get to build and design rides. And then they even have a virtual roller coaster, so you can go and do like a simulated ride experience where you make your own roller coaster and then go test it out. Or you can go do any of the classic ones. They have the virtual version of Space Mountain and a virtual Big Thunder and like I think that's all of them. That's really cool. That's kind of – you know what that's like? That's like that um, – I think somebody had proposed when they got rid of Disney Quest or something. Somebody was like on the internet was like, hey, they should make like the Disney vault and like bring back all the closed rides but virtually and like ride simulators as a thing at Disney Springs. Like how cool would that be if they came yeah, up with that? Yeah, I think that's great. And I remember like back in the day, I think when I like 2004, we went to Disney Quest and it was a really big deal there cuz they kind of had that same thing. And it was cool even back then. So, I think that was like the only cool thing about Disney Quest. But <laughs> I'm all for this. And then the last kids club section is one that they're calling Fairy Tale Hall and it's obviously very princessy. This is where you can go craft floating lanterns in Rapunzel's art studio or uh-huh. read stories in Belle's library. And they have, and I don't know what this exactly means, but you can make ice magic with Anna and Elsa in their summer house. Ooh. I yeah. think my niece would be totally into that because she loves running around in her Elsa costume going, I freeze you. I freeze you. <laughs> like she Aww. It's that's really so cute. cute. I know. So, so I think that's great. And then they also have um, for tweens, so like the 11 to 14, they have another club for them that's just like supposed to look like kind of an edgy but colorful New York City inspired hangout loft. I don't that's know. Cool. And then um, 14 to 17, there's another clubhouse that is a Parisian loft and kind of art pop deco pop kind of look I, to it. So. I don't want to think about what a bunch of 14 to 17 year olds are doing in their club. In a Parisian loft. In a Parisian <laughs> club. Bunch of teenagers in a Parisian loft club on a cruise ship. Oh boy. It's a Disney um, cruise. It's all very up and up and just This is fun. why my son's but, never going to grow up. He's just going to stay the size he is now. So I don't have no, to worry about not. those things. No, he's not. <laughs> well, and so to that point, you have a three month old uh, they also have a nursery. So you can in the nur- all of this, let me be very clear. All of the kids clubs for 17, three to 17 are all free for kids to attend. 
Um, there is a nursery called like the It's a Small World Nursery, and you do have to pay Stop. an hourly fee. But I think it's I didn't actually check how much it is, but I don't think it's too terrible. So that's to break the so bank. that's for kids under three. You under can three. drop them off yep. there. Okay, because yep. I was about to be really worried and be like, we have to wait till Noah is three before we can go on this cruise, but maybe not. No, you can do this. It's a small world nursery. My friend Allison dropped off one of her kids there once and said it was amazing and so perfect. And what I've heard from friends who've sent kids on cruises with them, that kids don't want to leave these clubs because they're so cool and decked out and all of that. So, Isn't there going to be a super secret slide to the kids club? Yeah. Yes. I can't believe I forgot that. There's a slide that goes from one of the kids clubs through the main like great hall and then back into the club, which is really cool. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Again, I want to go play in the kids club. (laughs) I know. Do they have like adult day in the kids club? They should. And don't quote me on it, but I think the one where the Imagineering Lab, I think parents can maybe go in to see it. So then the that leaves the adults. Um, They do have a couple of really cool things that are adults only. The first one, and I don't know why I didn't start with this, because you and I both know that I think this is the thing that we were the most excited about. Hyperspace Lounge. This is a Star Wars themed lounge. It's going to boast cocktails with this big back, you know, Star Wars themed cocktails that are going to be behind this backdrop that acts as kind of like a window or a portal into different Star Wars themed worlds that you're passing by inside this man. They are they are milking this technology for everything, right? Like. It's like it's on Rise of the Resistance. It's going to be what they use at the Star Wars Hotel in Disney World. It's going to be at yep. the Space 220 restaurant. Like they got them some technology. They're like, ooh, this works. And they are literally slapping it everywhere they possibly can. Totally. And so this but I love lounge it. will be open to families so kids can see it and get, you know, get excited about Star Wars. And then it becomes adults only at nighttime. That'll be fun. They, yeah. you know what they better have is the jet juice. That's all. That's all I gotta say. If they're gonna bring you some drinks over juice. from Ogos, I haven't Ogas. tried that one yet. You know, I'm actually no talk about it. Like, apparently, Orange County just went into the yellow tier, which means bars can mm-hmm. operate at like 25 percent capacity. So maybe, just maybe, there's hope when we go in June that Ogos might be open. Maybe. I forgot to mention the coolest thing I got on Mother's Day. We're rounding back to Mother's Day real quick. Ryan, my husband, got me a cookbook, like the unofficial Disney cookbook. And it has all these different things that you can find in theme parks, both all of the theme parks. But I guess they have a cocktail one that's coming out in a couple of months as well. So I bet the jet juice will be in that. You know that movie that was like, um, oh, man, I'm going to I'm totally going to botch this. The movie that uh, the front Meryl Streep was in it. She played the French chef and I'm I the world might hate me for forgetting her name. The f- oh, oh, um, are you forgetting, too? Oh, my yes, gosh. What's and, wrong with uh, us? You, yes. It's so. Oh, my God. And Amy Adams is in the movie. Yes. And, and Amy Adams um, is cooking every single one of her. Um, yes. One of her dishes. Oh, my God. I just keep wanting to say anyone can cook, but that's the wrong. Movie. No, but what, but, but what I'm saying is like we so whatever that is, while you're looking that up, whatever that is, like, that's what we should do is try to do every recipe from the Disney Parks cookbook. Julia Child. Oh, Julia. Child. What is wrong with us? 
The movie was Julie and Julia. Julie and Julia. That's right. So we should Julia and Julia, the Disney Parks food cookbook. I'm all about it. Which one are you? Are you going to be the Julia or the Julie? I'll go with the Julia. You know, be a little Julia. I feel like you're a better cook than me. Eh, Debatable. Mm. Okay. Well, so then the last couple things to mention about the Disney wish is that they also have an adults only pool area, which will have cocktails and an infinity pool. It looks very nice. And then the big piece you were just talking about Palo Steakhouse. So Palo Steakhouse is on every single Disney cruise, but they kind of have a little tweak and iteration to each of them. And this one's theme is Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast. So it's all kind of Cogsworth themed. It looks really mm. cool. And it's a fine dining experience. So it Palo Steakhouse. It definitely kind of looked like um, the Enchanted Rose Bar from the Grand Floridian a little bit. Like the it same did. kind of feel it to did it. did with a little like very light steampunky vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Which that bar is great. I love that bar. Have you been to that bar? At the Grand um, Floridian yet? No, I haven't, but I've seen pictures. So they have this cocktail. A, a it's way too expensive. Like drinks are like twenty plus dollars a drink there. Because well, it's at the Grand Floridian. Yeah, but oh my gosh! So we went there, you know, during the pandemic when we went uh, in October, and they just reopened that bar because the Grand Floridian had been closed because NBA players were staying there in the bubble. And so they just reopened. And so we had, we had been wanting to go have a drink there. So we went, they had this like old fashioned infused with thyme and cranberries. And like, I don't even know whatever else it was probably like, it was like a $30 cocktail, which is absolutely (laughs) absurd, but we paid for it and smiled. Um, And it was delicious like that the bar there was absolutely amazing and the bartender was a hoot as most of the cast members are um so that was a lot of fun <laughs> side note if you're in florida go to the <laughs> enchanted rose bar at the grand Floridian and spend all your money um yeah well so there you have it that's the disney wish um bookings start opening at the end of may if anybody's interested you can reach out to us you know i'm Working as a travel agent so I can help you book that if you're interested. And also, Adam, I'm saying this specifically to you when you're ready to book it. <laughs> let's do it. We should do it. Like, and because they don't start. When do the cruises start? 2022, right? Yeah, summer 2022. So, so we got a year. it will be like one and a half. We're probably not going to go on some of the first cruises, right? Like that probably won't happen. So maybe. Oh, let's go in October. Ooh, like I a like fall October. cruise. Ooh, and that'll fun. be Kurt and I's anniversary. Ooh. And that'll be our anniversary. Yeah, that's oh, right. Let's tell everybody. And Ray's birthday. And okay, we're going in October. Right, October. See us all on the cruise, October 2022. We'll do a meetup because <laughs> all eight of our listeners, I'm sure, will be very excited. No, we're up to like 22 now, I think. Well, look it up. <laughs> But yeah, just uh, listeners, you should know that another parallel is um, Adam and Kurt got married on Ray's first birthday. So October yep. 8th, they all share a very special day. Yeah, that's a great day. Great day. Yeah. And um, we got married on October 18th. So I it remember. just Ten works days for later. everyone. October is great. Yeah. And Halloween's okay, so like my l- favorite. So it all just kind of lumps in there. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right, so a little bit more news. Um, I think this sounds really great, and I wanted to talk to you about it, Adam. So just last week, they announced for Pride Month that Disney has come out with some Pride merchandise. 
You can find this on the Shop Disney site or any of the parks. And so uh, in this celebration, they're calling it the Rainbow Collection, which if you ask me, is a totally missed opportunity. They could have called it the Rainbow Connection. Yeah, like what? Kermit. What is that about? I don't know. Maybe Jim Hansen <laughs> Company was like, no. And they I'm were like, sure but it makes not. sense. And they were like, no. I bet you they just didn't piece it together because that's so perfect. The Rainbow Connection. Ah. Uh, but anyhow, they have some really cool pieces in it. And I think the thing that's kind of most noteworthy is that they've made um, – Disney pins are such a popular thing that people trade and you can purchase now Disney pens that represent a lot of the different flags of different genders. So they have a transgender flag, a bisexual flag and an intersectional flag, yeah. which is really cool. Um, I was curious, have you seen any of the yeah. merch yet? Yeah, we saw it. And you know, what's really neat about the flags? Like there's actually a, um, a woman up here in San Francisco that um, does LGBTQ plus um, history and you know, my, my husband for his job had her come in and do a talk to his company. And she talked, she does this really cool, um, history of the pride flag. And now what the flag looks like with like all the different ones combined into it. So everybody's represented. It's like, it's really cool. So there's, there's some incredible history behind that. Um, and behind the flag and especially being from up here in San Francisco, um, yeah. I'm going to be like completely honest. I am not the connoisseur of like pride merch. I don't have a lot of, I, I have a coffee mug that says proud parent with a rainbow heart on it. Um, but I don't, I don't have a lot of the rainbow stuff. I've never, I don't know. We've never been that like, you know, wearing a rainbow, something or other out and around. I don't know. That's just not who we are. Um, but I think it's, I think it's really cool that like what started as honestly, like they used to like, remember those like Mickey antenna, like balls, yeah, the antenna balls that went on yeah. your car and like little keychains that used to be the only rainbow stuff they had to buy. And I think and, even then it was just like, it's rainbow color, right. but they weren't yeah. saying this is to symbolize. Pride. Yeah. They've really, it's pretty amazing how far the companies come. Cause it's like, Back years and years and years ago, we always talked about like going to Disney World for gay days, which were like the unsanctioned and Disney like made a point mm -hmm. to say this was not sanctioned by Disney. This is like its own grassroots thing. And now to see where they're at with all this pride merch and and, and on top of that, like the inclusivity that they've announced and like letting people dress to their gender identity, like it's it's pretty warming and amazing that um, Disney has done this despite distract di distractors, detractors like that guy who wrote the op ed for the Orlando Ugh. Sentinel. We don't need to mention that guy again, doesn't deserve any more airtime. I can't say no. like, I just think it's wonderful. And I think it is so great to see that um, embracing of yeah. inclusion and yep. Celebrating people's identities, showing that, you know, it's okay to be who you want to be and and represented that. Yeah. No, it is. It's 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 really amazing. I like hats off to Disney for really stepping it up this year with that yeah. merchandise. And of course, like, of course, Disney was like, yeah, we're going to jump in on this merchandise bandwagon right now. But <laughs> I think it's more than that. I think they really are. I think the entire Disney company has really made a push over the last few years, even like. You know, they own ABC News and ABC has done a lot of incredible um, pride stuff um, internally and externally with the news division um, over the last few years, which I think has been incredible. And, um, 
you know, it it's it's really good. Really, really good to see. And also, frankly, it's good to see, like, you know, not to get too political about everything, but I'm going to. Um, pride, fa- pride flags are allowed to be raised on government buildings and on the embassies now. And, like, we might see the White House lit up as the pride flag again, like it was during the Obama years. Like, that, and that level of support is just, that's, that's what's needed in this country. Oh, absolutely. And I'm all for it. And I think that any any person who has a heart knows that like we're all different and we should be celebrating our differences and we should also be celebrating with open arms. And so any way that we can represent that, whether it is, you know, making the White House the gay pride flag um, or simply being able to wear a pin that represents your identity inside a Disney park. I am all for just being able to and, celebrate yourself and and be seen for who you want to be seen and, as. And I say that as like, you know, I just because I personally don't wear the rainbow stuff and have a lot of it, like my pride flag I wear is holding my husband's hand and pushing our son in a stroller through the theme park. Like that is that's our family and that's what I'm proud of. And um and I and I think I said this back when we talked about Touch of Disney, but like the fact that nobody batted an eye or made a weird look or said anything when, you know, my husband and I were pushing our son around in the stroller and we were just accepted as a family there at Disney. And that's what makes Disney what it is. Um, that's incredible. Oh, I'm going to start crying. I get so emotional on these podcasts. You know, make me start crying again. Um, I know. Oh gosh. Um, okay, well, this is going to make you but wait, emotional wait, wait, wait. too. Oh. Wait, 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 real quick on the merch. Can we, are we yeah. done with merch? I have one more merch no, thing I wanted to bring up. And I think I texted you about this. Uh, the like sun and fun merch or whatever they're calling it. Like, I don't even know what they're exactly calling it, but those cocktail glasses I sent you, the new ones with the Mickey's yes. and the palm trees. Yes. Love it. Love it. They like, they, what makes me crazy is you go to like world of Disney and there's like a wall of coffee mugs. Like we, we do not need any more coffee mugs in our apartment. Like I have put a ban on my husband from buying more coffee mugs because even though we came very close to buying the space mountain coffee mug, which is absolutely insane. Because and they also it's the have a- actual mountain. It's the <laughs> mount, the outside of the mountain. I don't even know how you would drink out of it, but they have a cookie jar. That's the same thing that I really wanted, but my husband wouldn't let me get that. Um, but you were they, getting on a plane that afternoon, so <laughs> it's fine. It's, the TSA would let me take it on. No, maybe it's a weapon. No. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so th- a few years ago, they had these really cool collection of rocks glasses and tall glasses that were the old attraction posters on the glasses. And I have them on a shelf. We don't use them because a couple broke and I got really sad because you can't replace them. Like they don't make them anymore. Now these new ones, these new like rocks cocktail glasses that they have with the Mickey's and the palm trees, like that's the first time I've seen them do really nice barware in a long while. And I'm like, so my 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 ask of you Disney executives who are listening to our podcast, please, Disney marketing executives, merchandising marketing executives, please bring back a line of those retro cocktail glasses and tall glasses or something, because you're missing a huge, huge missed opportunity here to up your barware game. um, I think we've already expressed enough that we are parents who like to drink alcohol. (laughs) So please know that there is a market for this Disney and we will happily buy them. I, by the way, I have, two of those same um 
cocktail glasses that you're talking about that have the They're vintage so posters on them. They're amazing. And we do use them. And I am always frightened that they'll break one yeah, day. I had, to, I had to put them on the shelf when a couple broke because I, yeah, it was really sad. So yeah. anyway, Disney, please give us cocktail sets that are Mickey themed. Thank you. Okay, so the last little piece of news, this will be really quick, but it's exciting and it's bringing us back here to Disneyland. So this was just announced a couple of days ago, but Disneyland is reopening some more of their restaurants, Disneyland and California Adventure. So I wanted to go through the list real quick, and this directly pertains to us because we need to come up with a strategy as to if we want any more reservations. Uh, They are reopening the Paradise Garden Grill on May 13th. They are opening okay. the the Napa Rose, which is inside the Grand Californian. Have you eaten on May twenty eighth? No, I haven't. It just Neither seems a little I. pricey. Yeah, yeah, same. Like we even stayed at the Grand Cal once, and we thought about getting a reservation there, and then actually we had a reservation. We ended up canceling it and just going somewhere in downtown Disney because it it seemed pricier than what it was worth. I don't Here's know. something that I was told. I don't know if this is still true, but like a couple of years ago, we went to Carthay Circle, which is a nice restaurant inside yeah. California Adventure. And they told us that the same chef that oversees Carthay Circle is the same one for Napa Rose. So a lot of the food is the same there. I don't know if that's still true, but it was back then. So I don't know. I just stick with Carthay Circle. Um, Storytellers Cafe without characters is opening up May 28th. That is also inside Grand Californian. The GCH Craftsman Bar. I don't know where that is. That's in Grand California Hotel. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And that one's, isn't that like, I feel like that's attached or close to Napa Rose or maybe not. I think you're right. I think it's like right by that hallway. Yeah. Towards oh, no, no, no. Disney. Napa Rose has their own lounge. The Craftsman Bar is like around the corner by the pool, I think. Oh, okay. Well, it's reopening on May 28th, too. I'm sorry. Online reservations are opening May 28th. And then the two that we need to really talk about here, Blue Bayou opening May 27th to online reservations available May 18th. So you know whose alarm is set for 3 or 2.59 a.m. on May 18th. And Mine. by alarm, do you mean your three-month-old? Did you yes. tell him to wake you up before? <laughs> Which worked out quite well for us because we were able to get Lamplight Lounge and we were able to get another dining reservation at oh, the Riverbell Terrace. Not yep. Riverbell Terrace, the other one. Um, New Or- the, um, the New Orleans Cafe. Yeah, New Orleans Cafe. But forget that. I We need to go to the Blue Bayou. Yeah, if we can get Blue Bayou, let's switch over to that one. Um, folks, by the way, like we are so excited to go at the end of June and you're going to hear like 17 episodes, probably just on that one weekend trip alone. A hundred percent. But, oh yeah. But um, yeah, that's what we did. We had a whole strategy. We're going, we're rolling pretty deep. We've got like a bunch of adults in our group and Adam is our savior and he actually Noah is our savior because Noah woke <laughs> you up in time for you to be awake by 3 a.m. to get us that reservation. If you don't know this yet, folks, and you're trying to get a like coveted reservation for a sit-down restaurant at both Disneyland or Disney World, those reservations come out at 3 a.m. 60 days out from your trip. So that means 3 if you want our time. Our time. So six, it's like 6 a.m. on the East Coast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Still early though. So you gotta really be on your Oh, I mean, that last trip we did to Disney World, I was up multiple days in a row because 
You, oh, but the, actually the trick with Disney World, which I like better than the Disneyland situation is with Disney World, as long as you have a hotel reservation linked to your My Disney Experience, at 60 days from your first day, you can book your dining reservations for the entire trip. So oh, at Disneyland, yeah. yep. I had to get up two days in a row at 3 a.m. to get our dining reservations because it doesn't work that way. But at Disney World, so I was up at, you know, crack of dawn getting that Ogos Cantina and like others that yeah. we really, really wanted. But yeah, I'm. Yes. So there's one last one that you and I haven't talked about yet. And I don't. I don't know where we stand with this. So in California Adventure, the Alfresco Tasting Terrace is opening up May 20th. And now this is exclusively for legacy pass holders and their guests. So just so you know, Adam, I, yours truly over here, is a legacy pass holder. And you would be a guest since you didn't have an annual pass before. And those reservations open up May 18th. So we can, if you'd like, I can try to get us reservations. Yeah, should we? It's the terrace that's like up above. You know where it is. Yeah, exactly. And Kurt's always wanted to go up there. Like every time we've been, he's like, I want to go up there. And like it's never been open or it's been closed for a private event or something. Yeah. It's one of our favorite places. We used to go um, get like a bunch of their appetizers and they do wine flights. And so we would sit up there Ooh. for hours and watch kind of the world go by because you can see their like Buena Vista Street from that spot. Um, one time I was even up there and they had a parade at the time going by the Pixar parade. And it was like their floats were at eye level for us. So it was pretty cool. Should we try – Sorry, everybody. You're now stuck in our planning conversation. Um, <laughs> should we just live vicariously through us? It's fine. Um, should we try? I feel like we should do that uh, on that Sunday. And yeah, also I think we try because we don't know what we're in for. Should we also? But I also think we should try for Blue Bayou. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just try for all of it. And if we don't want it, then we can just cancel, cancel those reservations a few days yeah. before. Yeah. Okay, done. Okay. Yes, please. So there you no, have I, it. No, I meant to ask you because I was like, you. I wasn't sure because I know there's like some drama with the legacy pass holders. Like some people haven't gotten their thing or whatever. We do. Because- yes, there is drama. And I will be honest, we have one of the three of our pass is uh, one of our three old passes is a legacy pass holder. And that was my daughter's because we bought it fully. The ones that were month to month, we never got the legacy pass holder thing. So we have it, but it's technically under my four-year-old's name. So your four-year-old is taking us out to dinner and drinks. I yes, love it. Yes, she is. Good yes. job, Ray. <laughs> Yay. So yeah, there you have I'm, it. That's the Disney news for right now. I am super excited for Blue Bayou to reopen. Um, you know, I, I still wish... Because again, more parents who drink. Um, I still wish they were doing more than sparkling wine. Like I, I wish they too. had some and red the hurricanes. white. Yeah, because the hurricanes are like sugar bombs. Um, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a hurricane fan. I had one in New Orleans, the place you have them, and I was just, right. Meh. Or if they were doing like a mint julep with like some bourbon in it or something, you know, like. Yeah, that that would be nice. But the I don't know. Well, whatever. Who am I kidding? Like, I'm going to drink. I'll probably get a hurricane and I'll pay for it later. <laughs> um, sparkling wine. I've never been a super fan of, but I am also curious to see what beers they have, because maybe that just makes sense to have a beer. Yeah, totally. With my uh, lamb chops at Blue Bayou. 
<laughs> oh, I'm excited. So well, yeah, we'll speaking to keep of Blue Bayou. Yeah. Do you want to jump into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know we've been promising a little chat about the Blue Bayou and some of the history behind it for a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> climax, here it is. Um, so yeah, for the vault, uh, wanted to dive into a little bit of the history of Blue Bayou, and I think it is now even more timely since we know there's a chance. A small chance we'll get to eat on the banks of the Pirates of the Caribbean. So um, you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll update next week after our try. Um, <laughs> so, you know, look, Walt Walt wanted to do something. He wanted to do a sit-down restaurant. Uh, because there had been a lot of criticism when the park opened that there wasn't a nice place to go eat. And I kind of love when you like look back at the photos of, from Disneyland's opening and people got super dressed up to go to the parks. Like, Oh, totally. We should they do have those like date nights. <gasps> we should do a date night. Oh, we'd uh, be so cute. That'd be fun. That's kind of like what you guys did when you went to Club 33. Oh, yeah. You know what? By the way, we haven't talked about this, but we should do a whole episode about Club 33. Yes. I will sit there and eat my popcorn and be in awe and completely jealous and green with envy. <laughs> that you've been there and I haven't yet. Um, and I may never go. Uh, it's okay. So you'll go, you'll go. We'll find a way. Um, so yeah, like people used to get super dressed up and we should do like a, we should have a conversation someday about like the Disney fashion, like the park fashion through the years. Mm-hmm. Like, and I really want to hit the goth phase that we kind of mentioned the other week because that fascinates me when people used to get all goffed out and go to Disneyland. We went in like 2005. My family and I went to Disneyland. We went to, we just happened to be on a goth day. And it was so trippy to see everybody, like, I mean, half of the population (laughs) at Disneyland that day was dressed in all black. And the funny thing was we were there in July. So it was super, super hot. Everybody was decked out. I remember like seeing even little kids of with parents were dressed in goth and like their little four-year-old, five-year-old was dressed in goth. And it was crazy. I also remember that the um, New Orleans uh, shop that is Nightmare Before Christmas themed had a line out past like the Haunted Mansion that day Ooh. okay mm-hmm. so back to blue bayou so yes before new orleans square was a thing because it was not an original thing there was a restaurant there called the chicken plantation restaurant because anything called plantation is great bc um so it was the chicken plantation restaurant now they obviously that's no longer there because it was torn down to make way for what is now known as New Orleans Square when they built New Orleans Square. But what they did was the reason why the Blue Bayou restaurant has that plantation southern feel is not only mm-hmm. because it's set like in the bayou, right? But because they basically kept pieces of the chicken plantation restaurant and used it in the Blue Bayou. Oh, they recycled it. Yeah. Disney loves to recycle. They do. So anyway, that's why that's why that has that feel. So Walt's like, okay, great. We're going to do this. Sit down. Nice restaurant. There's all this criticism that there isn't a fancy place to eat at Disneyland. And he was like, ooh, let's even because always the showman. He was like, let's take it a step further and turn this into a dinner with a show. So it was going to be like a performance of the meal band playing something like that. 
But then Walt loved a dinner show. I know, but he, he never really them. got them. Like he had the hoop to do review, right? Yeah, but like the tiki room was originally supposed to be a restaurant. Dinner. Yeah. It was supposed to be a dinner show with the animatronic birds. And that but did you know that there's like still I have to look up where it is, but there's like remnants of the restaurant still in the tiki room, like what it would have been. No. Well, yeah, I think like you a, know your next vault, probably. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. My mom will be very happy. Um, so apparently he watched a rehearsal and was like, nope, nope, never mind. Changed his mind. And he said that the atmosphere and the food will be enough entertainment for everybody. So mm. that, that was that. Um, so that's why we don't have a dinner show at the Blue Bayou, which I almost like, I'm kind of glad there isn't because it, it's kind of it's i mean i've said this before on the podcast it's one of my favorite places to eat it's actually my favorite disney restaurant and now it's even more so because they've got beverages but um yeah i i I think it would have ruined the atmosphere can we take it a step back did the when did pirates of the caribbean ride start was it one of the first rides or did it come a few years after it came in 1967 and is that when also Blue Bayou? Yep. Blue were they Bayou established at the same time? Blue, it was being built at the same time. So they were kind of building it all in conjunction together. And then Blue Bayou, <clears throat> excuse me, Blue Bayou um, opened two days later. So uh, Pirates opened on March 16th, 1967. And Blue Bayou welcomed diners on March 18th, 1967. Wow. So, yeah, not too much of a lag. Um, That's so cool. It's always so funny, though. I feel like when you come up the ramp at Blue Bayou at the or on Pirates at the end, when your boat's getting chugged up the ramp back to the loading dock, right? Mm-hmm. And you hear all the plates. Like, you're back by, like, the busser station or something. And you hear all the plates, like, oh, crashing and kind of ruins the whole feel. But um, so I, in my internet sleuthing, I found what is believed to be one of the first menus from Ooh. Blue Bayou. So... I thought what might be kind of fun is to play name play the price is right and see if Dana, if you can go guess the price without going over. And these are the prices of 1967. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you some uh, dishes and you tell me how much you think it was. So, Uh, one of the appetizers you could have back in 1967 was marinated herring with onion and fresh apple and sour cream. Oh gosh. Herring sounds terrible. That's delicacy, right? That's a bird fish. Yeah, it's a fit. I think a herring's a fit. It's gotta be a fish. Is it? I don't even know. I don't even know. Let's well, say it's a fish. Whatever it is. <laughs> Ask your mom. She's a bird person. She doesn't know a herring, then it's a fish. Um, okay. I'm gonna guess 1967. I don't even know how much a steak would be in 1967. I'm gonna guess 395. Ooh. Way over. 95 like- cents. Okay, well, that's going to help me for later. (laughs) Okay. um, Pottage, also known as in modern time soup. Uh, Either the Blue Bayou Soup du Jour or the New Orleans Clam Chowder. How much do you think that was? 
Well, if the herring, which we are not confident is a bird or a fish, was 97 cents, I'm going to guess 50 cents. Woo, right on. <gasps> 50 awesome. cents. And if you add a soup as a cup with your entree, it's 30 cents. Can I quote some more um, Dumb and Dumber? Yes, please. What's the soup du jour? <laughs> it's the soup of the day. Mm, I'll have that. That's my favorite line. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. For some entrees. Okay. You had your choice of, let me just read you some of these, and then I'll give you one to guess, right? So, and I'm probably going to say these all wrong. Poulet Baton Rouge, boneless chicken legs stuffed with fluffy long grain rice, ham, onions, and mushrooms served with baby shrimp and a white wine sauce. Sounds decadent. Mm. They have the seafood creole, which was called passion poison. I don't know what that was called, so we're going to ignore that. But the seafood (laughs) creole. King crab meat, bayou shrimps, and white fish, an Cajun sauce of green peppers, tomatoes, and celery on a rice pilaf. Okay. Then they had the filet. Here's your steak that you were you okay. didn't know how much a steak was, right? And Disney prices are pretty inflated compared to the rest of the world. So here we go. Okay. okay. So uh, it was a filet that included a sauce, and that's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much do you think a filet was in 1967? Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm going to guess $10. Oh, no, 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 no. What are you what are you eating at the okay. four seasons? No, okay. $5.95 closer. But not quite. Four dollars. Not you're four way closer. $4.25 for your steak. <gasps> so basically you could go and have the marinated herring for 95 cents, a bowl of soup because you're feeling hungry. So now we're up to what, $1.45? And then throw on uh, the filet and we're at uh, five, um, just under $6? What? That's insane. That's but. crazy. Well, how much, do you know this? Do you know how much a ticket was? At, to go to Disneyland in 1967? Because no, I don't know that. But now I'm, no, I don't know. Oh, I'm looking it well, up. Well, why do you not know? Well, I'm looking it up. Thank you, internet. Okay, well, think- but like for comparison, right now, a starter at Blue Bayou, uh, like the signature gumbo, $7 for your soup instead of 50 cents. A house salad is $7. Or this grilled heirloom jumbo, jumbo, jumbo at Blue Bayou, jumbo asparagus. Jimmy. $13 appetizer compared to 95 cents when the restaurant first opened. It's crazy. So, okay, wow. there's one more that I want to get your thought on. And it is because we we talk about the love of this dish that is a has been there since the opening, right? Uh-huh. The Monte Cristo. Oh, it's been there since the opening. I love that. It's been that. there since the opening. It is an original. Okay. Today, it'll set you back $29 for the sandwich at the Blue Bayou. Ugh. Okay. Hold on. Wait. But first, let me read you the, the descriptions in the menus. I'm currently looking at the Disneyland Blue Bayou website menu. 
and the Monte Cristo sandwiches, turkey, ham, and Swiss served with uh, creme and jellies, seasonal preserve, and seasonal fruit. That's that's the description, right, in the okay. menu. The description in the 1967 menu, sliced breast of turkey, choice ham, and Swiss cheese dipped in egg batter and fried to a golden brown served with a compote of seasonal fruit. So into it. I love that thing. Okay, so... Uh, obviously the description 1967 way more mouthwatering but okay so it's 29 dollars today how much was the monte cristo sandwich in 1967 it's my mm. other attempt at a drum roll it's not really working 250 Ooh, sorry you just went over 225 i was so close i know it's very very close you know what i feel like they should do for the reopening this would be mm-hmm. such a marketing stunt, but like for the uh, like big reopening of uh, Disney of Blue Bayou, they should do what they did. Do you remember when um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel did like the big stunt yes. in L.A.? They did it in Santa Monica, like where you could get gas for 1960s gas prices. Oh, we're thinking of something different. They did a big stunt here, but it was with. Oh, gosh, who was it? It was. um. Mendocino Farms and they uh, gave free oh, sandwiches Mendocino out Farms. and they were all wrapped in um, the Maisel looking packages and stuff. It was really cute. Yeah, no. So they did. I think it was in Santa Monica. Yeah, it was because I remember talking to somebody and they said like they couldn't get to their office because the line for gas was like around the block because it was being sold for 1960 something prices. So Disney, take note. Let's do a special day at the Blue Bayou where you were charging 1967 prices no and have a 1967 menu okay i found our answer but about how much it costs to go in to disneyland in 1967 so knowing everything you know now with the cost of the food there how much do you think it cost for an adult to get and i want to be very clear with this a ticket book for 15 tickets because this is before it was going any ride you had to use carnival style you had to use Ticket books. To get I don't think tickets. I told you. Speaking before I guess, speaking of the ticket books, my mom has a ticket book from 1970. Oh, we have a couple here, too. Our friend Kim uh, was cleaning out, I think, her grandparents' house and found a couple and gave them to us. And they are so cool. They're so cool. And then at um, the Walt Disney Family Museum, they have all the old ticket books on display. And mom was yeah. like, oh, I have that in a drawer at home. It's like this thing that's in this like museum in California. My mom's got in a drawer at home. Um, okay. So, uh, so 1967, so f- how much for a 15 ticket book, a 15 ticket ticket book? $6. You're very close. It was five fifty. Ah. Yeah. Wow. And four fifty for much, a child. How much did I just spend when I bought all of our tickets the other day? Like a thousand dollars. Yes. God. You could buy a $30 sandwich at Blue Bayou now or... <laughs> Spend a thousand dollars on tickets. That's crazy. What is wrong with us? Disney, take my money, money, money. Yeah, tap into the bank account, take it. Um, so yeah, so that's Blue Bayou. I'm super excited to go back. Uh, I can't wait to see. I've seen some pictures of like the beer taps installed. Like some people have been sneaking photos, uh, when they drive by in the boat on pirates and they've been like zooming in, getting photos of like the beer taps installed on the wall now and all this stuff. So curious to see what it looks like. Um, uh, and yeah, really excited to cheers a drink at the Blue Bayou. 
I know. It'll be so fun. Now, next task is just getting up early enough to get that reservation. Oh, you know I will be. And then they're going to do it to us a week later and be like, oh, reservations are now opening on May 30th for uh, (laughs) Olga's Cantina for June after June 15th or something. And I'll be up doing the same because that's just me. That's fine. Yep. Absolutely. That's fine. Well, great. Well, this was so fun, Adam. I had so much fun talking with you today. Me too. Another week, another jammering on. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week with some more fun. Hopefully we'll we'll know if we've got our blue bayou. Stay tuned. There's the tease. Will they or won't they have a blue bayou reservation? <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.